I'm Dr. Ralph Levinson, Health Sciences Professor Emeritus at UCLA. And I'm Luke Levitansky, a French journalist covering technology, politics, and power. Welcome to Your Planet, Your Health, where we share stories about the environment without falling prey to despair. In these conversations, we explore the knowledge and tools that we can use to be good earthlings. In today's episode, we ask the question, why your planet, your health? What are we talking about? Yeah, I think this is really getting to the crux of the the question, you know, this idea of what is your planet, your health about? Are we trying to save the Earth? Are we trying to save ourselves? What what is behind this notion of Earthling? Who, Who are we really thinking about protecting here? At the end of the day, what do we actually care about here? And that really is the heart of the issue, isn't it? I think the best framing of that I saw was in the title of, an, of, of a planetary health textbook by two professors, Samuel Myers and Howard Frumpkin. They titled their textbook, Planetary Health, Protecting Nature to Protect Ourselves. And I really like that perspective. I think that's a really helpful framing. Actually, it reminds me of this, uh, this old piece of stand-up. Uh, funnily enough, from the year I was born, 1993, uh, by George Carlin, in which he's sort of uh, making light of this idea of environmentalists, you know, the people who care about saving the bees, the trees, and etc. And almost sort of the, the, the hubris of such a project. Maybe some things have aged better than others, but maybe we should take a listen. Let, let's see uh, how this echoes with this notion of protecting nature to protect ourselves that spoke to you so much in uh, Samuel Myers and uh, Howard Frumkin's book. So let's see. Leave nature alone. Haven't we done enough? We're so self-important. So self-important. Everybody's going to save something now. Save the trees. Save the bees. Save the whales. Save those snails. (laughs) And the greatest arrogance of all, save the planet. What? Are these fucking people kidding me? (laughs) Save the planet? We don't even know how to take care of ourselves yet. We haven't learned how to care for one another. We're going to save the fucking planet. Besides, there is nothing wrong with the planet. Nothing wrong with the planet. The planet is fine. The people are fucked. (laughs) Difference. Difference. The planet is fine. Compared to the people, the planet is doing great. It's been here four and a half billion years. Do you ever think about the arithmetic? Planet has been here four and a half billion years. We've been here, what, 100,000? Maybe 200,000? And we've only been engaged in heavy industry for a little over 200 years. 200 years versus four and a half billion. And we have the conceit to think that somehow we're a threat? That somehow we're going to put in jeopardy this beautiful little blue-green ball that's just a-floating around the sun? So, Ralph, uh, I guess that, that was a little shocking, but what do, you, what do you have to say about that? What do you think? Well, I think he has a really strong point. There's a big dose of arrogance. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm against saving whales. I'm a big advocate of saving things we want to save. But when we're looking big picture, I think he has a point. The conceit of that we're going to save the planet when we could barely, you know, take care of ourselves, I think that's real. I mean, the planet's really put up with a lot, and he does go into that as well. Why don't you go ahead and play that? 
The planet has been through a lot worse than us. Been through all kinds of things worse than us. Been through earthquakes, volcanoes, plate tectonics, continental drift, solar flares, sunspots, magnetic storms, the magnetic reversal of the poles, hundreds of thousands of years of bombardment by comets and asteroids and meteors, worldwide floods, tidal waves, worldwide fires, erosion, cosmic rays, recurring ice ages, and we think some plastic bags <laughs> and some aluminum cans are going to make a difference? So, uh, you know, perhaps that's one of the parts that hasn't aged uh, in the same way. <laughs> I think actually this is a useful uh, point for us to, to cut into, Ralph, with your scientific perspective. I think we can actually add a little bit more context to this uh, sort of litany that he's drawing up. Obviously, the crescendo there is, is sort of this humorous uh, idea that uh, back to the hubris of thinking that, uh, you know, plastic bags are the major change that, that, we've, uh, that we've done. But I think this is where I think your scientific insights can bring more of a a context of this idea of, of the Earth having been through things way before humans were alive. Perhaps you can lay out a little bit more of this sort of a planetary perspective. You know, what is the history of the Earth reckoning with these uh, giant shifts in, you know, how life has been organized on it? Absolutely. You know, the plastic part is one of those things that haven't aged as well. We kind of understand plastic is a, a little more insidious than that. But but the basic picture he's he's giving us is totally correct. Um, there's 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 been huge cataclysmic uh, events, and the Earth's time frame is so different from ours that indeed even plastic kind of pales in comparison. Um, now. Geological time is the time the Earth lives with, right? It's 4.4 billion years old. As he mentions, we, we've been around, a, you know, a couple of hundred thousand years or so. Uh, hominids, maybe six million. So you go back, you go way back. And first of all, the atmosphere. When, when the planet formed f over four billion years ago, the atmosphere first was just helium and hydrogen, just like most of the cosmos. And then it then became more an atmosphere of stuff that we would find totally toxic. Yes, huge amounts of carbon monoxide, methane, and other, other volatile gases, sulfur compounds. Plants didn't evolve till just a few hundred million years ago. Earth was already almost four billion years old at that point. And oxygen was created by earlier organisms that did what's called photosynthesis, takes CO2, carbon dioxide, and spits out oxygen. So about 2.7 billion years ago, that's when that really started taking off. We were at just, the atmosphere of the earth was just about less than 1% oxygen. Now we're at 21% oxygen. And oxygen is pretty toxic, potent stuff. Think rust, think fires. It's also essential to live. Well, it's essential for us to live. It's not essential for some other organisms. There are still organisms on Earth, bacteria, to whom it's totally toxic. This oxygen atmosphere, this beautiful blue skies, these aren't beautiful for anaerobic bacteria. That is bacteria that don't need oxygen. And there's a whole aspect of life that isn't this nice blue-green surface that we know. So which planet are we saving? Which planet is healthy and healthy for who? And in fact, 
what we're really talking about is healthy for us. Our health depends on the environment, the atmosphere, the climate that we evolved with, and the ecosystems we have had since the last ice age that we created our civilizations in. That informs what we see as natural and beautiful. I mean, these are all highly subjective concepts. At the end of the day, you're thinking about all this from a very human-centered perspective. I think that's what Carlin's point ultimately is getting at. And George talked about some of that. He talked about ice ages, but... Again, the Earth's time frame is so different from ours. There was, at about 700 million years ago, there was slush ball or snowball Earth where where the Earth was virtually covered with either slush or ice. Uh, the scientists are still debating just how cold it was. That lasted 100 million years. Life bounced back, and actually it was after that that life as we know it really started taking off. Yeah, it seems like we're thinking about for whom are we saving the planet? It doesn't seem like it's for the benefit of this rock floating through space, but rather the inhabitants. And and frankly, a very small subset of the inhabitants that we happen to care about, the ones that uh, we love and or think are cute and fluffy. Uh, <laughs> that seems to be a large part of it. You know, I think our idea of, of what is natural has been informed by the things that we are familiar with. But, uh, you know, not every organism... Uh, has the same idea of, of what the most inhabitable Earth would be, you know, obviously, so far as they can conceive of such ideas. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to think of an anaerobic bacteria conceiving of ideas, but still the principle holds. What we see as natural, what we see as beautiful, is what we've evolved in. And, and very more specifically, what our civilization has evolved in for the last 10, 15,000 years with agriculture and settlements. That's all new. That's all brand new. Yeah. And I think this informs the concept that uh, scientists like to talk about the Anthropocene, which is trying to measure on a planetary scale what the changes that humanity uh, has brought to bear. You know, It's a very different perspective. And for perhaps a little bit more of a silly one, one that's a little absurd, let's think through the logical conclusion of what humanity's contribution to the Earth might be, according to George Carlin, circa 1993. <laughs> The planet isn't going anywhere. We are. We're going away. Pack your shit, folks. We're going away. And we won't leave much of a trace either. Thank God for that. Maybe a little styrofoam. Maybe. Little styrofoam. Planet will be here and we'll be long gone. Just another failed mutation. Just another closed-end biological mistake. An evolutionary cul-de-sac. The planet will shake us off like a bad case of fleas. A surface nuisance. And let's be honest with ourselves, that's the point. That's what uh, the planetary health people were saying with their title. We're saving nature to save ourselves. Right. It's not about saving the Earth. It's about protecting us from being zrushed by the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a comedy routine, and we promise that we're not going to go into despair and doomism. And so I yeah, feel what compelled... What happened to that? <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe we shouldn't promise make promises we can't keep, but I think the 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 point here is that it's not too late. The earth isn't either going to shake us off. It's only if we shake ourselves off by not taking care of ourselves. Yeah, ultimately we are the causes of our own suffering in this matter. I mean, that's uh that's the crux in here, you know, uh coming back to the the center of this routine. Why should we care? Well, 
you know, because we've got a lot to lose here as a civilization. You know, when when we're talking about plastic or forever chemicals, we're talking in our time frame. These things may last tens of thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years. But let's remember the planet and life on Earth thinks in terms of hundreds of millions of years, and they don't really care about whether there's big-brained creatures like us messing the whole thing up. They, From the rest of life's point of view, maybe we're the problem. Well, not maybe we're the problem. We're definitely the problem. Now... But that means that, we're also the solution. That's exactly going right. Our, going back we're to the our o- framing here. Absolutely. We're the only possible solution. Uh, short of us going away and then the earth recovers. Um, but most of us don't want that. So what do we actually want? Well, we we want to be able to have the things that will sustain us. We, we want a life where there's enough biodiversity to, to feed us. Now, it's clear we want air that's clean to breathe, water that's safe to drink, a vibrant soil that'll grow our food. So obviously we have to care about other organisms. We don't want the bees to go away. They pollinate 30% of our crops. So it's really important that we're making a point here. This is a comedy routine we're quoting from. We're making a strong point with this planetary health perspective. But... It's not. I think. That... I think the, the classic saying is, "As comedy dies in fact checking," but uh, but I think that's a useful context to bring with the bees. Actually, you're right. There, there's a reason to care about the bees, even if we are being anthropocentric. If even if we're putting humanity's interest first, yeah, this seems quite crucial. But uh, and, do go on. And to save the whales, they're great carbon sinks. You know, they they take up carbon and store it for decades and decades if if we exactly. leave them alone. So there's a lot of reasons to have this ecocentric view that we're protecting ecosystems and biodiversity and saving species from extinction for their own sake. There's nothing wrong with that. I've, I'm very partial to that. Yet this other perspective, I think, is one that just, I'll be honest, just motivates me more. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, I think that's what we're trying to share here, our, our personal connection to investors here. And I mean, even if we're not going into the doomism, I think there are legitimate reasons to be concerned about a future in which climate catastrophe takes over the world, you know, uh, just for our ability to live, thrive and survive in the current world. Uh, it's going to create a lot of fighting over scarce resources in the immediate future, and that's going to lead to a lot of unnecessary suffering, to put it lightly. And it's already happening, and yet, well, that's pretty doomism, isn't it? <laughs> so, But the point is that it's not too late. <laughs> so, so the point is we won't say it because it's too doomy. The point is there's stuff we we can still do. We, we, we still have agency. We still have things we can do. And it's really important to us to to recognize that otherwise it does become doomism it it, it, we're just not going to fall into that are we we're going to take responsibility and we're going to be talking about what it is that we can do to save this planet to save ourselves because ultimately that's what makes life meaningful i mean um you know we can choose to rationalize our way out of uh caring about anything if we really wanted to get down to it and uh ultimately i think that's a less meaningful life to live i think Trying to reckon with these big issues and and doing our part is uh, is the way in which we try to carve our mark and 
that's all we're here for in the end. And it really is our responsibility now, isn't it? I mean, it, you know, the, the real fact of the matter is our, our, our website is called Planetary Health for Busy People. Not everybody needs to do this full time. You don't have to become an eco-warrior. But it's kind of incumbent on us, I think, as, as, as Earthlings to recognize that we do have agency, that we do have an ability to make a difference here. And... Um... Well, along those lines, uh, as we hope to wind down this conversation, we thought we would leave you with a little <laughs> bit of uh, Carlin's perspective shift again on perhaps, you know, we're thinking about this idea of humanity leaving a mark. What what are his ideas about what humanity's contributions to the planet might be? Let, let's have a listen. The planet will be here for a long, long, long time after we're gone, and it will heal itself, it will cleanse itself, because that's what it does. It's a self-correcting system. The air and the water will recover, the earth will be renewed, and if it's true that plastic is not degradable, well, the planet will simply incorporate plastic into a new paradigm, the earth plus plastic. <laughs> the earth doesn't share our prejudice towards plastic. Plastic came out of the Earth. The Earth probably sees plastic as just another one of its children. Could be the only reason the Earth allowed us to be spawned from it in the first place. It wanted plastic for itself. <laughs> Didn't know how to make it. Needed us. Could be the answer to our age-old egocentric philosophical question, why are we here? Plastic. At, at the risk of a, you know, a comedy death by a thousand fact checks. Uh, Ralph, perhaps you can enlighten us a little bit about why this idea about plastic uh, well, might have its limitations. It, in fact, I love that rap. And the, the, just the very idea that we have arisen from the clay and the mud to uh, make plastic for a plastic hungry yeah, earth. Yeah, I, I is... suspect... This was the subject of a lot of existential philosophy, just uh, resolved in a, in a few minutes there. Uh, and, and more than a little bit of navel-gazing. So, uh, <laughs> and as one who's dedicated to meditation, I take that one to heart. So I love it. And the reason it doesn't age so well is because we know that, um, well, first of all, in the long run, when we take the 100 million year snowball earth perspective, he's absolutely right. I think the real issue is we know a lot more about plastic now. We know about microplastics and we know when it breaks down, it becomes these little bits of plastic that get into our bloodstream. There's a lot Wasn't more to say about plastic. there a study about 99% of people having microplastics in their bloodstream? Yeah, when, when you hear 99%, you know it's 100%, but uh, scientists and physicians are, are always afraid of saying 100% because That's it sounds of arrogant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there has to be some margin of error. But, you know, the real fact, that's, that's, uh, I think, a, a topic for a, another podcast. But the point is, he's making a good point. He's making light of it. But what can I say? I love it. We'll take plastics maybe a little more seriously than he does, though. Yeah, I mean, it it is killing a lot of creatures at the end of the day. It is uh, something yeah, and that creatures we that, that 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 increase biodiversity, that, that even if we're being totally into the perspective of planetary health protecting ourselves includes not uh destroying the the life we depend on and plastic can wreak a lot of havoc on that note and that wraps up today's episode of your planet your health i uh think we 
hopefully shocked people a little bit. <laughs> hopefully it was a nice inroad in explaining a little bit of what, we, what we're trying to do here with the, the planetary health perspective. I thought this was a sort of a, a humorous illustration of the, the perspectives that we can have and, and why ultimately it's, it's in our own interest to, to act on these environmental issues. And ultimately, even if we're being selfish, you know, thinking at the level of the species is the only way in which we can act collectively to try and stem this, uh, you know, this giant change. And ultimately, it's, uh, it's trying to stem the tides of something that's already happening. But I think there's a lot of room between potential scenarios, depending on whether or not humanity as a species gets its act together or not. And uh, yeah, what do you think, Ralph? Uh, I think George Carlin is a great conversation starter. <laughs> yes, by no means an endorsement of his views. Uh, we want to make that very clear. Uh, right. Although, although some of them. Uh, and, and that's the point of comedy, isn't it? It's to challenge you too. Uh, wouldn't be funny if it didn't challenge you a bit, I think. So thank you, George, and wherever you are. And uh, I look forward to further conversations. Yeah. So um, perhaps we can tease... Uh, next week for our listeners. Uh, I think you've been reading uh, Michael Mann's book, you know, The New Climate War. Uh, perhaps that might be a jumping off point for conversation. Absolutely. It's a, it's a great book. And he goes into both the history, as do other books, of course, um, uh, and other authors of how we got here and the forces that are still basically gaslighting us into inaction. But we have to know what the forces are arrayed against us. What stops us from getting this done? It's, it's clear it needs to be done. Why isn't it happening? And so for that, we'll dip a little into the history. Yeah, we'll learn how this happened, you know, uh, who benefited and uh, perhaps how to counter it. You know, maybe we can use the bad guys tools against them. And on that note, you know, that's a little teaser. <laughs> on that note. For next week, uh, you guys stay safe. Stay healthy, stay planet. <laughs> I don't know what that means. See you, Luke. See you. <laughs> well, all right, stay planet. I actually, I kind of like that. All right. See ya.